Welcome back to the Spooky Shit Fan Club. I'm your host, Memmi. Before we get to tonight's story, I just wanted to share some spooky news. The Spooky Shit Fan Club is officially in the top 50% of all Spotify podcasts thanks to you. We had an extremely successful launch and I couldn't be more pleased with the reception we have received. If you haven't already, please consider leaving an honest rating and be sure to check out the weekly polls and questions posted below each episode on Spotify. Consider following us on Instagram at spookyshit.pod for updates on new releases and behind-the-scenes looks at new episodes. And if you have any scary stories you'd like to submit for a chance to be made into an episode, send them to the email listed in the podcast description. As always, share this episode with your spookiest friend. Can you feel it? The cold embrace of fear as it wraps its way into the very beats of your heart? The surge of adrenaline that paralyzes your body and tightens your chest with a suffocating grip? Together, we will explore the twisted possibilities of AI-generated horrors along with the haunting narratives from our brave listeners who dare to share their experiences. So gather around and let us embark on this hair-raising odyssey. From the realms of artificial intelligence to the darkest recesses of human imagination, our podcast will guide you through a labyrinth of dread and fascination. I'm Memmi, and I'll be your guide through this descent into madness. In a quaint town in northern Vermont sits Ravenswood House. Called this because of the faded black hue of the outer wooden frame, the ancient building was one of the first built in the town and has served many purposes during the course of its life. A courthouse, a town hall, a private residence, a funeral home, a hospice, a tuberculosis treatment center, a small library, and even for a short amount of time it served as a church. Ravenswood House is no stranger to supernatural phenomenon. For hundreds of years, citizens have reported seeing figures in the hallways, hearing disembodied voices, and in some cases felt the touch of beings who were simply not there. Officially empty according to city records, the house has drawn the attention of fanatics and paranormal investigators alike, many claiming in online forums to have broken into the home and experienced disturbances paranormal in nature, with many people reporting that the house itself has a looming presence so intense that they could not stand to be inside for more than a few minutes before retreating. Among those drawn to its dark history were three friends, each bound by an insatiable curiosity for the paranormal. The three had started a YouTube channel together and would spend their nights in haunted buildings, abandoned asylums, and anywhere else they could go for content. Alex was a logical thinker with a skeptical edge, whose sharp and analytical mind was often at odds with his friend's beliefs. 
Elena, was empathetic by nature, and said ever since she was a child she felt especially sensitive to spirits. She sometimes would see them around her or speak to them in dreamlike states, and her wide eyes were constantly searching for connections between the worlds. And then there was Mark, the fearless leader, who was a firm believer and was determined to capture irrefutable proof of the supernatural. The trio had read about Ravenswood House on an online forum. It was detailed with stories of specters seen by visitors, occult rituals that had been performed there, and even had links to old articles detailing its previous history as a TB ward and hospice, the perfect place to set up their equipment and captivate the world with their evidence. They drove five hours north to the house one Friday evening. As they were unsure what obstacles would stand in their way, they armed themselves with bolt cutters, flashlights, two-way radios, and their recording equipment. The bolt cutters were unneeded, however. The gate leading up to the property on the hill was unlocked. Mark slid it open with a screech before getting back in the driver's seat and pulling up the road. As they drove, they cut off the lights so they wouldn't be seen driving up the hill by anyone lower in the valley who happened to be looking up, and parked a few dozen yards from the front of the house. As they gazed at it, Mark whooped in celebration. The blackened wood exterior was covered in twisted ivy, overgrown weeds making their way right up to the wraparound porch, the ideal location for some truly breathtaking footage. Alex grinned along with him, but Elena hesitated. Her intuition was telling her to be careful, that this would not be like the other locations they had filmed in. Something about this place was different. Somewhere in the distance, a crow called out, an echoing sound that raised the hair on her arms. She did not voice her concerns out loud, but decided since they had come all this way that they needed to at least see the inside before she lost her nerve. Silently, a patch of clouds slid in front of the full moon overhead. The night was chilly as they stepped over the threshold of Ravenswood. The creaking floorboards greeted them as they navigated the dimly lit corridors. Faint remnants of moonlight spilled through shattered windows casting eerie shadows. The air was thick with falling dust and the smell of rotted wood, but apart from the whisper of the wind coming in through the open front door, the house stood in perfect silence. Mark dropped their equipment bag onto the floor with a thud and turned to look at the others, grinning. He passed out flashlights and suggested they do a quick tour of the house, looking for the best rooms and backdrops to film in front of. As they wandered the house, footsteps creaking on the floors, they discovered a few locations that seemed like good candidates. Upstairs, there was a bedroom with two wire-framed beds sitting under mattresses that had rotted and sunk in places and were covered in dust and mouse droppings. Stuffing was leaking from each of the corners. A dilapidated piano sat in the main room, the bench laying crookedly on the floor a few feet away, two of the legs having been broken off. A quick test of the piano showed it still worked, 
though it was horribly out of tune. And in the kitchen, an old table with metal chairs sat in front of a menagerie of peeling wallpaper, a stained painting of a lighthouse hanging among the decay. As they wandered, planning out the different places to shoot and debating where would be the best to film their typical introduction, Elena's worries began to subside. While she had felt uneasy outside, now that she had seen the interior of the house, she wasn't noticing any negative feelings emanating from their surroundings. The recording proceeded the same as many of their other episodes. They set up cameras and motion sensors and all kinds of detection equipment around the house. They recorded segments in each room, hoping to catch evidence of paranormal activity in the different areas of the house. Hours passed, but they hadn't found anything truly scary. Mark was visibly disappointed at the lack of activity, and made an offhand comment about how the episode may be a little slow, but at least some of the shots they had taken would look really cool after editing. Nodding, Alex commented that he had an idea to liven things up and headed over to their equipment bag. He rummaged around for a moment and then pulled a wooden Ouija board from its depths. At first, Mark seemed to hesitate, then smiled at the idea. The Ouija board was not a tool they used often, but episodes where it was featured performed best on all of their social media platforms. Elena hated that board. Nothing bad had ever come from using it, but the possibility of a future what-if was enough to make her uncomfortable. They circled the board, each placing two hands on the planchette and calling out to the night air, inviting anyone present to come and speak with them. Minutes passed, and several repeated questions later, they removed their hands from the game. Nothing had happened as usual, but the presence of the board was enough to have brought the mood back up. The air was charged with energy, and they grinned and joked with each other. Passion for the night's adventure reignited in them. Initially unnoticed by the trio, the planchette began to slide slowly across the surface of the board, resting on the hello situated in the bottom left corner. As the two boys chatted, Elena felt a slight tingle run up her spine. She glanced down at the board and gasped. The other two glanced down and then excitedly looked up at each other and sat back down on the floor. Alex spoke first, acknowledging the presence with a casual tone, a taste of sarcasm in his voice. In his mind, he figured they must have bumped the planchette while they were chatting away, but as the cameras were still rolling, he needed to play the part. He asked how its day was going in a cheery voice, commenting about the nice weather they had been having. The planchette didn't move. Mark spoke next, more solemnity in his voice than in Alex's. He asked if they were speaking to a spirit rather than some other force. To all of their shock, the planchette slid to the yes in the upper right-hand corner of the board. Elena's heart started pounding. Mark gasped and jumped a little. Alex, on the other hand, sat there, dumbfounded, looking down at the board and silently mouthed an expletive 
glancing up at one of the cameras and then back down at the cane between them. They sat there for a few moments, each lost in their own thoughts when it started moving again, sliding smoothly back down to the hello. Mark replied again, hesitation in his voice, and asked if the spirit was friendly. Again to the yes, Elena hadn't moved, hadn't really breathed from the first movement of the planchette. She let out a small sigh and tried to steady herself. She was terrified, but her gut feeling was that it was telling the truth. There were no bad feelings in the air around them at all. With a quiver in her voice, she asked what the spirit was doing there. They all stared dumbfounded as the planchette slid across the letters in the center of the board. P. R. O. T. E. C. T. I. N. G. H. O. U. S. E. Almost involuntarily, Alex whispered, from us? This time, it slid to the word, no. He blurted out the question on everyone's mind, from what then? No sooner had the question left his lips than the piano in the other room clanged loudly as if a few of the keys had been slammed down. Elena jumped. Mark cried out in surprise, but Alex, who seemed to have regained his nonchalant attitude, jumped up, grabbed one of the cameras, and ran to the other room. They heard him laugh lightly, and then he came smoothly strolling back in, stating he had seen a rat climbing out of the piano and then skitter into a hole in the wall, and that it must have fallen onto the strings through the open top. They all relaxed a bit, Mark, matching Alex's grin, turning back to the board and repeated the question Alex had asked before the piano interrupted them. The planchette slid smoothly across the surface once more. C. E. L. L. A. R. S. T. A. Y. O. U. T. Alex pretended to laugh sarcastically. His analytical mind had kicked in and he had decidedly figured out what was going on. He accused Mark of rigging the board with magnets or something similar, stating they had been all over this house and that there was no cellar. Mark looked dumbfounded, his mouth hanging slightly open incredulously. Alex continued that it was a good joke and that he appreciated the material for the episode, but to give them a heads up next time and to do research beforehand, because any of their followers could look up the blueprints of this ancient house and see that there was no cellar here. They would have to exclude that bit from the video. Mark denied it instantly, stating he wouldn't even know where to begin to do something like that, but Alex shrugged him off. He laughed again to himself and gathered up their equipment, stating they probably had enough of the inside of the house, and that one or two good shots of the outside should be good enough for them to call it and find a hotel somewhere down the hill. None of them noticed the planchette slide its way down the board to the goodbye.
Glad to be out of the house, they quickly recorded some shots of the exterior, including what they would use as the intro video, along with a brief description of the history of the ancient building. Once they were satisfied, they began to pack up. Alex said he was just going to make one more loop through the house and make sure that they hadn't forgotten any equipment, and then they would be on their way. Although Elena hadn't felt anything negative in the house, she was glad to be leaving. Though she didn't say it, she silently agreed that Mark should have warned them before pulling something like that for the video. The sound of cracking wood came from inside the house, and Alex swore. The other two ran inside to see what had happened, and to their surprise they found Alex with one leg sunk up to the knee in the floor. As he had run through the house, one of the ancient floorboards in the kitchen had cracked, and he had partially fallen through to the space below. After they helped pull him out, Alex looked down at the hole in wonder and shined one of the flashlights down inside. He stood up quickly, stating they needed to grab one of the cameras and find a way to get down there. He had read extensively on the house, and there had never been a mention of a cellar below. He exclaimed happily that if they could get a few shots of the cellar, they were sure to go viral because they had found something no one had ever seen before. Mark smiled huge and ran to the car, laughing excitedly at their find. Elena, left alone in the room, was suddenly filled with despair. Her mind flashed back to the Ouija board and wondered if Mark really had staged it somehow. She sat there, crouched on the floor, staring down into the dark hole, when a feeling of malice came over her. She called out to her friends that she had a bad feeling, and that they should just stick to the plan and head down the hill to a hotel. They didn't hear her. She got up off of her knees and started walking towards the door to call out to them again. When she heard a sound behind her, she couldn't quite identify. She turned, and a scream escaped her lips. There, at the edge of the new hole in the floor, was what looked like a hand gripping the wooden side, with long, pointed nails and skin as black as tar. She stumbled backwards and fell with a thud, breathing heavily. She glanced down to look for her flashlight, located it next to her right leg, and brought it back up to the hole. Nothing was there. A sob escaped her lips and she stood up once more, backing out of the room and not taking her eyes or her light off of the spot on the ground. When she made it outside, Alex and Mark were excitedly running around the outside of the house. They figured that since they hadn't seen an entrance inside, that it must be a storm cellar or something similar with only an exterior access. Elena ran to Alex to tell her about what she had seen when suddenly, Mark whooped in celebration again. There, under an overgrown patch of vines at the edge of the covered porch, was a small wooden hatch. Alex jumped past Elena, not listening to her words, and ran back to the car, emerging with the bolt cutters they had brought for the gate. Mark turned on the camera and turned it on himself, breathing heavily and explaining they had found something at the house no one else had ever seen. He spun the camera back to Alex, who was grabbing onto the ancient-looking lock with the bolt cutters. With a snap, he cut it off, and they both cheered in celebration. Elena stood back a ways, torn between the need to warn her friends and her instincts that were screaming at her to run as fast as she could. 
Alex tossed the bolt cutters aside, flung open the door, and with a grin to the camera, started down the stairs into the cellar, quickly followed by Mark. She could hear their laughter quietly echoing through the small entrance, and then they were too deep and she too far from the door to hear them any longer. She could hear the rush of her own blood in her ears, a whooshing sound interrupted only by the slamming of her heart against her ribs. She called out to them again, but didn't receive an answer. Sobs escaped her lips. She wanted so desperately to go after her friends and make sure they were okay, but her legs wouldn't move. After what seemed like an eternity, Mark's head popped back up through the small entrance. He called out that she needed to come take a look at what they had found and then disappeared inside again. Seeing him there, grinning in the entrance, unfroze her legs. She found herself walking forward without thinking about it. Her worries calmed a little bit now that she knew they were okay. She hesitated for a moment outside the small door that opened to a narrow stairway, took a deep breath, and started to walk down. Once down inside, Helena glanced around. Mark and Alex weren't immediately visible, but she could see their flashlights bouncing off the wall in a hallway to her right, and could hear them talking in hushed voices. She assumed they were speaking to the camera as their tones had changed to give off a more sinister air. She turned down the hallway following the lights, and found herself in a small room with the two boys. There, in the center of the floor, was a circle of half-melted candles. Occult symbols adorned the walls, written in what looked like red paint, and the remnants of what looked to be animal carcasses adorned the corners of the room. Elena began to feel that dark, oppressive energy once more, and all three of their flashlights went out. She screamed. A high-pitched wail that echoed off the walls in the small room and drowned out everything else. She dropped into the fetal position on the ground, crying out again. When the echo of her scream subsided, she heard what sounded like Mark and Alex grunting and rolling in the darkness. It sounded like they were fighting with each other, smacking against the floor and each other. Then a sharp crack and the movement stopped. Mark was panting heavily next to her. She couldn't hear Alex anymore. As her eyes adjusted to the darkness, she could see a faint bit of the moonlight streaming into the main room from the small hatch. There, standing feet from them in the darkness, was a tall figure. It stood nearly motionless, its long black fingers moving silently at its side. A wave of dark emotion washed over her. She could feel the being's thoughts crashing into her subconscious as she lay there on the ground. It took a step forward, the sound of its feet on the dirt floor much louder than she expected, a heavy crunching coming ever closer, louder and louder. She shut her eyes as her own despair competed with the crushing presence of the being in her mind. The crunching stopped and she heard Mark struggling again. 
Against her will, her eyes slid open. The being was there, less than a foot from her, holding Mark up against the wall with one hand. The other hand pulled back to strike. The long, sharpened nails pointed to Mark's throat. With a thud, Mark's body hit the floor in a crumpled heap. The monster turned towards Elena, and a demonic laughter echoed in her mind. It picked her up slowly and held her in the air the same way that it had held Mark. But it didn't draw back its claws, didn't prepare to strike. Instead, it smiled widely. Too wide. The mouth spreading grotesquely to cover the entire width of its face, its sharpened teeth gleaming in the reflected moonlight. A soft gasp escaped her lips, and then the horrible mouth opened. She felt herself sinking into it, being pulled in by it. The car horn honked as Mark swerved and Elena bolted upright. She was in the back seat of the car, Mark and Alex in the front as they drove down the interstate. Alex looked back at her and smiled. He told her they were getting close, probably about 15 minutes before they got off the exit and then just a few minutes through town to Ravenswood House. She stared blankly at him and muttered in confusion. He told her she had been asleep the last three hours or so of the trip, which was good because they needed to pull an all-nighter to get the footage. She nodded and turned to look out the window. A dream, she thought. Just a dream. Leaning her head against the window, she felt a mix of happiness and relief for a moment. Then, something caught her attention in the corner of her eye. She looked forward and caught Mark's reflection in the rearview mirror. He smiled at her. A wide smile. Too wide.